a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Oh, yeah, we are back. It's the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Draft Special Episode Part 6 now. And we are recording for the same player, different round, the fan favorite, where we compare two players that are similar but going in different rounds. That's the title. Uh, the Draft Special is presented by RT Sports. Check them out. Go to RT Sports slash fantasy and use a promo code. Talking heads for their free commissioner service that is normally $90 a deal. You do not want to pass up. Seth, this is probably one of our favorite episodes to do all year. Never mind just in the middle of the draft special itself. It has been a nice laboring draft special. And so I think it's about that time that we go ahead and start enjoying ourselves and crack open a beer. <laughs> all there right. <laughs> now I think we're ready now. Um, and we'll see where we end up at the end of this special, uh, what kind of condition we're in. But let's go ahead and continue the fun, Seth. Um, where do we start? Wh- which one is the one that we want to choose? Let- let's start with Let the one. Off. Let me no, I- off here. All right. I-, I got the starting point. Let's let's get to the controversial one right, o- right out of the gates because I-, I put it down. I liked it. Then you convinced me to actually take it off. So then I colored it red. I'm not going to do it. Then I started looking at it. I said, you know what? I, I think the thesis is accurate. Um, I think every other one Seth and I agree on. So there's going to be we can convince you on. So there might be a little bit of um, differences here. And that is Jalen Hurts versus Cam Newton. Yep. I, I don't know. Seth keeps putting me in a, in a situation where I need to keep defending these players. Like I didn't expect to be in the precarious situation of defending Kareem Hunt last episode, but but here I am. So Hurts versus Cam Newton, it's not that I don't like Hurts because we already mentioned in our QB strategy, I do, I, I think that where he's going, again, running, scrambling quarterback, but I do think there's a lot of similarities here for same player, different round. I mean, we're talking about a couple of players with what anticipates to be limited arm capabilities in terms of, you know, accuracy or, you know, obviously getting a lot of points through the air, right? I think we can probably agree on that. Um, They both get a lot of points with their legs. The only difference, which is the obvious one, is obviously Cam Newton projects to probably lose his job, which, you know, we talked about the possibilities of him keeping it all year. 
um, probably a lower percentage, but there's still a good chance he's playing for like eight games, which is a large portion of your fantasy season. So they're five rounds apart. Obviously, Hertz should be going earlier than Cam Newton. But in terms of the type of quarterback and being in different spots, I like this comparison. Well, my my biggest problem with it is is that you have two quarterbacks with completely opposite trajectories. Um, and if I, I knew I was going to like butcher that word, trajectory is a hard word to say. You have J- Jalen Hurts, who is ascending. Is going to be his first full year as a starter. He's got a lot of upside. He's 20, 23 years old. And you have Cam Newton, who's on his way out. Like you said, might lose his starting job. I mean, also, I mean, Cam Newton just doesn't throw the ball. I mean, he hasn't thrown the ball effectively in a while. Um, eight, eight total touchdown passes last year, 10 interceptions. He's still, I mean, 12 rushing touchdowns. We'll see if, he, if that's sustainable. I, I just think that you're, I, I don't know. I, I think Jalen Hurts has more upside. And he's younger. So normally you could say, okay, he's got more upside, but are they the same player? We haven't seen a full year of Jalen Hurts. If if we saw for a, a full season of him as a starting quarterback, then we could say, okay, maybe same player, different round applies here. We, he started like four games last year um, and, and looked much better in those four games, much more explosive than Cam Newton looked for New England. I think their offenses are both kind of b- below average. Um, but five round difference, right? Between, between Cam Newton and, and Jalen Hurts. It sounds like it's a big difference. I just think I, I would rather, you know, I would rather grab Hurts every single day of the week. It just, I mean, the, that, the, the people that are looking for the customer that's looking to buy Jason Hurts on draft day is not the same customer that's going to be shopping for Cam Newton. It's just, it, it's not like to me, you could say Cam Newton's a better value than Jalen Hurts. But I just don't think it's the same. I think it's comparing apples to oranges. I, I honestly and truly believe this next statement that I'm going to say. Okay, Every single game that Cam Newton starts and plays in, I think he has the potential to equally score what Jalen Hurts does. And that is my whole argument. That's my whole point. And so do you do agree or disagree with that thesis? I mean, on any given game, he could he could have more points than okay, Jalen so Hurts, but, but he, he would be the betting underdog in just about every single game. I mean, we also have two teams that don't necessarily have the best weapons around their quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of similarities here. So I think every single game that Cam Newton starts, he has a potential to score what Jalen Hurts does. We also haven't seen defenses react to Jalen Hurts. I mean, we saw Lamar Jackson come out of the woodworks have a phenomenal MVP season and then defenses react. This happens all the time. So if, if you have trouble throwing, you don't have great weapons. A la both of these people. I mean, it's, it, it's, I, it's, I just think that the passing touchdown output has the potential to be so much greater for Jalen hurts. I mean, he started what four full games. He started part of the Washington game. Then that was the controversial where they, they pulled him, um, you know, I think in the second, second or third quarter, he had six touchdowns in like starting, literally a quarter of this of the games that cam newton started and only had two less passing touchdowns so i think that combined with well, his cam newton also had a really good first month until teams started changing their offense right we see this all the time when someone plays for really good for a half a season because you know someone didn't have all off season to prepare for jalen hurst they had no tape on him they got tape it's not a lot but it's going to be different um 
Well, and, and, and I mean, and Jalen Hurts, I know it's a smaller sample size, but he was on pace for over 1,200 rushing yards last year. That's more than double what Cam Newton did. So, I mean, again, I obviously you Cam Newton and you're and you and, you're, and you don't believe in Jalen Hurts. That's a different a different conversation. I I, I guess um, I I don't I don't hate it. I just I just think I can see why people are bullish on Jalen Hurts. And I, if you're bullish on Jalen Hurts and you think he's the real deal, then like I think Cam Newton is what he is. I don't think Cam Newton is dialing it back and and getting back to where he was, you know, several years ago. I don't think so either. I just and obviously Jalen Hurts should be going beforehand. I just think that there is a lot of similarities and there's several games, including literally the last week of the season, where Cam Newton scored freaking thirty seven and a half points of fantasy. Yeah. I mean, this is we. There's been plenty we agree on. We'll have to start with this one. I mean, I, I don't. I, I like Cam Newton. See, the funny thing is, I I don't love this comp, this comparison for a same player different round. But I do like Cam Newton this year for what he for for where he's going and and um, you know what you can use him like what he provides. Like I think he he has a role. Like he has a role on a fantasy team. He's a good bargain, um, fantasy quarterback in one or two quarterback leagues. I just think, I just think it's it's tough to compare. Um, both those. I mean, I, I, don't I, really, I see where you come from. Yeah, and, and we'll kind of wrap up with this so we can move to the next ones, but I, I also don't really care about this whole projector, trajectory thing. Oh, geez, I screwed it up too. <laughs> um, because, okay, Jalen Hurts is younger and this guy's out, but at the end of the day, it's about points. And, you know, if you agree to the... I don't know if you said either way if you agree to the statement or not, but if Cam Newton can still step out on the field... Today, you know, Jalen Hurst has a different trajectory than Tom Brady for crying out loud. You know, so I don't really like that defense. Yeah, that, that doesn't that has nothing to do with same player different round in my eyes. All right, fair enough. Well, let, let's move on to the next one. Okay, kick us off. All right, so this one, what was the one I, I really like a lot, and this is two second year players um that are going in um you got three rounds separating them we got c lamb 3.07 and chase claypool at 610 I, I like this because they're both in in very good offenses they both had really good rookie seasons um they both have other wide receiver like neither one of them is the number one wide receiver in the offense lamb is coming off a year with 74 catches 935 yards five touchdowns claypool 62 catches 873 yards nine touchdowns so a little bit less uh, receiving yards, you know, 12 less catches for Claypool. Pretty pretty close. The touchdown disparity, though, jumping off the page here, um, nearly double the touchdowns Lamb, Lamb put up. And I, I think that that's probably, um, you know, probably comes back down to earth. A, a couple of those were the, um, you know, like the, the jet sweep plays where the where Big Ben just kind of like dropped it into his, it's, it's kind of like a rushing touchdown, but it counts as a, as a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown rather. So I think that I think the touchdowns for Claypool probably aren't sustainable. Um, I think they're they're very close to the same player. Lamb's definitely the better talent. Um, I like Lamb better if all things were equal. But in terms of same player, different round, you can get Claypool three rounds later. It's not like the numbers are very similar, and he's a much older receiver. They're both at the same stage in their career, so I think you can draw a lot of similarities there. And just looking on paper as well, it matches up. Um, you know, Claypool three rounds later than than Ceedee Lamb. Yeah, you, it's funny too because we I like Ceedee Lamb, you like Ceedee Lamb. You know, um, 
but obviously it's it's tough to not see a lot of similarities here. Um, we haven't really talked a lot about Claypool. Um, he's going in the six. Could I see myself having shares of him? Sure. Um, don't know you know what needs to happen for that to to, to fall in place. Uh, he had a, a lot of touchdowns. Really came on, you know, a lot when Deontay Johnson wasn't playing. They have the same the same bandit of brothers back with the three wide receivers and they got a better running back now. So how does that all impact him? Uh, these are all great questions. Why CD lamb should probably be going a little bit ahead. But if, if you did like a blind questionnaire after the last season and asked like, what would be the difference in their ADPs? I, I don't think anyone would have guessed more than a three round difference in which is what we currently have on our hands. So you really got to ask yourself, is there, some really decent value in Chase Claypool, and I, I think the I think the answer has to be yes. And and just like when you mentioned with um, paying up for players with not a lot of production, uh, I think that was in our first episode with C.D. Lamb. That's what we're doing. We're hoping the whole thing with C.D. Lamb is like he could vault into the top three status. Can that happen? It's you know really obviously difficult to to, to project and predict. But, you know, Chase Claypool, you have to think that he's going to definitely going to be having those games where he just doesn't get his volume and his share that CeeDee Lamb shouldn't have any issues with on a pretty much game-to-game basis. But this is this is a great comp right here, you know. And, and I don't know if in any of these scenarios you go, hmm, I want to get CeeDee Lamb, but I really, really, really need this running back. Well, if I don't get CeeDee Lamb, I, you know what? I can kind of get the same guy in Chase Claypool. You know, I don't know how many scenarios we're all going to be in that in that situation but but having this but having this at ready to go i mean these your, your clock is like what 90 seconds when you're on the clock so you have to be thinking and be able to know this information in advance so i think this is really helpful yeah um you know one player that i, I didn't put on there that is also very similar to to lamb is t higgins so 74 catches for lamb 67 um you have uh, let me go back to my, my sheet here for, for lamb. You have 935 yards for Higgins. You have 908 and then you have six touchdowns for Higgins and five for lamb. So pretty, pretty identical numbers there too. The yep. only reason I didn't put Higgins there is, is because you, you add in the, the addition of Jamar chase, which does impact things. So it's not like they're both, they're both running it back, you know, equally in, in the same situations they ended last year. So, but you know, T Higgins is another player that we talked about. Um, in, in our last episode, who's going? I believe he's also going in the sixth round, right? Yeah, he's going in the sixth round as well. So, so you, you, you could, yeah, you can throw him in there as a potential similar to Claypool with against Lamb. Yep. All right. You want to you want to do the uh, the much anticipated because you've teased it a few times now. The much anticipated Damian Harris comp <laughs> you're, you're you're cooking up over there. Uh, this is a this is a really interesting one too. Um, and, and I'm wondering, we didn't talk about this comp as a player to target but maybe i can convince myself right here on the episode me and you can convince me to maybe take a hard look a closer look at this guy damian harris versus aj dillon you know aj dillon is obviously we don't have a lot of data and intel on him from last year but jamie and uh, jamal williams last year had 119 carries damian harris last year had 137 carries they're going to be kind of platooning. I mean, you can bet you can bet that both of these guys are going to be platooning. Damian Harris doesn't catch the ball. Uh, AJ Dillon doesn't project to catch the ball. 
they're both an injury away of potentially being the number one guy. Um, this is basically the same pick. I think if you really were like, you know what, I want a, I want a running back. I I want I need someone with a little bit of upside too. And I, I think in this case, you can definitely make the pivot 100% of the time because we already said Damian Harris is dead to me. So A.J. Dillon, I think, is a great alternative that you can select two rounds later that's on a better offense. Um, he's not going to catch the ball. I mean, that that similarity is is so accurate and, and keeps those players as, as in they should be almost drafted a lot closer. Jamal Williams was what, almost a fringe, like, flex player? I mean, A.J. Dillon should kind of step in and be pretty close to that. Yeah, and, and this is a situation where you look at it and you're like, okay, A.J. Dillon's a backup. Damian Harris should be the starter. Um, only two rounds separate him. But Damian Harris, we've already talked about, he has very, very little upside. And there's a lot that's unclear in terms of how that, you know, that the distribution of touches is gonna is gonna play itself out in New England, whereas AJ Dillon has has a very clear, um, defined role. He's the backup to Aaron Jones. But with uh, with with Matt Lafleur, we saw this last year with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Is is they, he kind of does like series series by series, where Aaron Jones will will play a series, and then Jamal Williams will get a full series. Um, I think AJ Dillon is gonna be much more. And he really only had one big game. It was the game against Tennessee. Um, and I believe that was also a game where Jamal Williams didn't play. So the, the, the first game that, that he really played in where Jamal Williams wasn't active was, you know, he had over 100 rushing yards and touchdown. So he hasn't really proven anything, but I think that Green Bay is going to he's going to get a lot more playing time. I think he's a very good chance. He gets a lot of the goal line carries. Um, I just think he takes a, a much bigger step up. And then if anything happens to, um, you know, to Aaron Jones, he's the guy. And this is a, not a very good depth chart. You look at behind A.J. Dillon, there's no, like last year you had Jamal Williams and then you had A.J. Dillon. It was much, um, you know, there was a lot more there. There's there's Dexter Williams. There is, um, I'm just pulling up, Dexter Williams, Patrick Taylor, Kylan Hill. So there's nothing else there besides A.J. Dillon. I think, I think he probably has a better year in terms of total points than Damon Harris, even with him being the backup. And he just got, he has, he just has a lot more upside. So I, I like this one a lot. And they're both running backs. They don't catch the ball. Um, they're big in, in between the tackle bruisers, um, goal line, carry backs. Um, I think AJ Dillon has a better season. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say that. I mean, and the fact that Damian Harris is a quote unquote starter, I think at the end of the day, they're both going to end up with similar carry numbers is, is kind of, also what I'm getting at in this comparison. Um, and we've seen, you know, A.J. Dillon hasn't done anything, but we've seen what Green Bay does. We've seen what Matt LaFleur does. We have two years of data that tells us exactly what's going to happen. Just like we have 20 years of data in New England, yet we still think that somehow someone's going to emerge as the starter. No, we know exactly how Green Bay is going to utilize A.J. Dillon because this is, this is what they do. This is They've just shown us their system. So it's not a surprise to anyone. So if you're looking for someone that can be a fringe flex, I think Damian Harris, like, on a more week-to-week basis, could potentially be more consistent and and have, you know, more double-digit points than, than A.J. Dillon. I mean, I think that's a very, like, 
um, not a strong take. Like, I think that should be pretty obvious where AJ Dillon might be in like in a six, seven point range where maybe Damian Harris is like at like 11 or 12 or something like that. Oof, not other than a catch. I mean, that seems high. <laughs> yeah, well, he's going to need a touchdown. I mean, he's not, yeah, I mean, sure. not going to catch I mean, any passes. That means he's going to get 100 rushing yards or he's going to need a touchdown. Very true. I mean, just think about that, guys. Like, he's got to get 100 rushing yards. He's not catching it. And Cam Newton rushes in all the touchdowns. Where is he getting points? <laughs> so. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I like that one a lot. Um, that's a great one. All right, let me give you one that I really like. Um, and this is one of the last ones that I came up with. Um, and this is a little thinking a little bit outside the box. Um, I got DJ Moore versus DJ versus JD McKissick. I didn't even think about that. You got DJ versus JD right there. Boom, done. Same player, different round. DJ Moore going, um, you know, 5.8, um, uh, fifth round, JD McKissick going the end of the ninth round. And I know they play different positions. We've talked about this on a, on a couple times, though, when on a couple of occasions with some of these running backs that that are, are just they're one dimensional, like J.D. McKissick. They, they just catch passes, kind of like the James White type. Look at them as j- just combine their their rushing yards, their receiving yards, and just look at the numbers as if they're a wide receiver. So to give it to give you an example, J.D. McKissick only had 365 yards rushing, 589 yards receiving. You know, both sound unsexy when you add them up though you look at it and you compare them to dj moore's numbers you have jd mckissick with total yards rushing plus receiving because you get points for both 954 receiving yards and rushing yards combined total yards 80 catches and three touchdowns so if you were to tell me um i got a player that that will catch 80 balls for 954 yards and three touchdowns and is going at the end of the ninth round i'd be like sign me up oh and by the way I'm eligible. Yeah, starting back at run, running back. I love this one. Um, and when you and, and, we'll, and let's go DJ, DJ Moore's numbers real quick. DJ Moore, 66 catches, so less 14 less catches, 1193 yards. So yeah, so a little over 200 more um, more receiving yards, four touchdowns, and he's going four rounds ahead of McKissick, and he's a wide receiver. Um, McKissick is somebody you can play in your flex. He's somebody you can play in running back. He's somebody that if you have Antonio Gibson, he's a great handcuff as well. Um, lots of like there. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, I love this one. Um, we definitely like the types of running backs where... Oftentimes, these pass catching back, if they're true to their role, it can actually be pretty consistent week in and week out. 
Um, this makes me definitely like um, Anthony Gibson uh, a lot less in the second round. Antonio Gibson, yeah. Antonio Gibson, jeez. You know what? I erased him from my memory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if McKissick is being this productive through the air, I mean, I, I really you know don't want any piece of that. But this is great. I mean, D.J. Moore's numbers, by the way, specifically his yardage, is coming back down. I mean, he's got Sam Donald throwing to him. Uh, his touchdowns at four cut that in half and then cut it in well, half. Well, I mean I mean four four touchdowns isn't a lot. Let's just keep it the same. Yeah, but he's got that's Sam he's great. got yeah, I know, but I'm just saying he's got Sam Donald. So cut it in half and then cut it in half again, that's what he's gonna have. One. <laughs> <laughs> Do that math in your head. So I, I like this. This is perfect. And then he's running back eligible. I I think I need to take a closer look at the Jamie McKissick, but this is a perfect these having these players like I, I swear like when you're in the middle of a draft you need to be nimble you need to be on your feet and you, you get stuck in scenarios where you're like oh my god I, I do not want to draft Miles Sanders at 401 well you know what I'm going to swap him out or you you know where you can go you can go to the bottom of the bag go get Jamie McKissick and feel okay about it and so I, I like that and I you know definitely think this is definitely telling on how more value is is over uh, inflated because of the team that he's currently on and quarterback. Yeah, and we didn't talk about Jaden McKissick on our players to target list. Um, he, he was kind of on the fence. I mean, I, I think he's the more I look at him, the more I like him. I just I, I love players like him that it is like there's not a lot of fluff. There's just like he, you know, he just he is what he is. He has a clear defined role. You don't expect no more, no less. He's someone that's just like James White. He's just gonna he's gonna catch yeah. a ton of passes. He's not gonna run, but he has that running back designation next to him that you, you you don't see him run the ball at all, and you're like you're like it's almost like you, you people think less of him because he doesn't do that. And but mm. just look at him as a just look at the fantasy points, and you have so much more flexibility when they're when they're eligible for running back. Um, yeah, I think it would be yeah. tough to say Jamie McKiss is a target because that's that's putting a lot of weight in terms of like going out of our way to target someone. But I think he's really, really good to have in your back pocket and potentially add as depth and et cetera. So uh, yep. he definitely fits the mold. Also, if, if you get a stud running back in the first round, just wait it out. Wait it out on all those middle rounds of the running backs and you know p- pick up one, you know, maybe like one of our picks in the fifth. Um, and then pick up McKissick in the ninth, and then there you go. You just figure it out, the RB2 situation right there. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, give us one. All right, so here's one that I like a lot, and this is kind of like detrimental towards some of the other players that we kind of like at the same time. It kind of goes both ways, so it's, I think it's a good one to acknowledge. It's it's hard to it, It's hard to not you know, make this comparison. And and that's the Cooper Cup slash Robert Woods versus Juju. Um, you know, it, it, it don't want to put ourselves in a situation of, of Cooper Cup being overvalued, but it's hard not to draw the conclusion comparisons to Juju. I mean, both are a high volume, low A dot, average depth of target players where, you know, really their target, uh, their touchdowns are going to kind of really separate them at the end of the season. Um, and where actually last year, Juju, um, it was actually better, and he's still going four rounds later. I mean, Juju's going the eighth, and, you know, with with his production, I think he had 90 catches. 
Um, so it's hard not to draw conclusions there. I still like Cup. I still like Cup's upside a little bit better, um, as you should with someone going earlier. But like our other examples with CeeDee Lamb and et cetera, um, it's hard not to say that you're going to get a lot of free points <laughs> with drafting Juju in the eighth. Yeah, it's puzzling why Juju's going this low because because not much has changed. I mean, he's, he's, he's entering his fifth year. He's still in the prime of his career, young receiver, same quarterback, same head coach, same offense. You know, they drafted Chase Claypool last year, but but he had a really good last year last year with Chase Claypool. Now, his, his targets were down. He had 166 targets in 18. He missed four games um, and, and still had, you know, 70 targets. So I, I think the last couple of years, rather, like he, he – He's just been he's been really efficient. He's not going to get I don't think he, he he'll probably ever get the the 166 targets that he got in 2018, but he doesn't need to. Um especially where where he's being drafted. Um I mean, we're talking about a guy who who's right around 100 catches if he's healthy, um right around 1000 yards and one he's always been he's always had a knack for finding his way into the end zone. And he's he's kind of like that undersized receiver a little bit. Um, he played, I think he played on the outside a little bit last year, he's more of a slot guy, but he's like that slot guy that can like, he's always going to catch touchdowns. It always seems like he's, he's like one of big Ben's favorite targets, um, when they get into the end zone, not like necessarily in the red zone, but just in terms of like touchdowns, he's, you know, seven touchdowns each of his first two seasons, nine touchdowns last year. So the touchdowns are going to be there and he's going to be, he's in an offense where there's going to be a lot of touchdowns going around. So I, I agree. I think this is one we we keep looking at him and we keep no matter how often we look at him we're always surprised by how low his ADP is. I, I don't know is it just us is I, I'm, I mean, he I'm literally why... he literally had like I mean he had literally had two less points than Amari Cooper. He literally had like 10 less points than Robert Woods. I mean it, it's weird like could I predict a pullback? Yeah, I definitely I definitely think like if Chase Claypool makes the next step, then that could impact Juju. I also think that Juju had a really, really bad average reception. Like he was just so close to the line of scrimmage all the time. Like could he could could they work on improving that a little bit where that actually might help out on some of the numbers as well? I think that could be totally true too. Um will his touchdowns come down? Most likely. So I mean I think there's definitely like some kind of regression that that you need to build in here. But we see this all the time with we're just we're just ADPs in general, right? Like sometimes we're just people are just too excited about a player, or sometimes people are just like so over a player. I mean, he's 24 years old, and you just you said he's what been in the league for five years, <laughs> four. Yeah. He's going to his fifth year, so he's yeah, he's going to his fifth year. Yeah, he's going to his fifth year. He's 24 years old. It's so it's. I think people are just he is who he is, and so it's not exciting. And you know, I, I would have thought maybe like a sixth round would have been appropriate. But he's going the eighth, so here we are. We're talking about him. Yep, and we'll continue to talk about him uh, right up until right up until draft day. Well, we got a few more episodes left this draft special, so we'll see how often. I mean, he, he he's he's getting really dangerously close to, um, you know, entering you know the keep it in the pants category. It's getting I don't, close. I don't know if we're quite there yet. And we're not there yet because it's like it feels like something is just not right. But I bet you because how much I just love value and give me the points, especially when we're getting at that spot, I'm going to feel real, real comfortable drafting Juju in the eighth. I mean, if he falls to me in the eighth and I've got like my whole team and I just slide him in, like I'll get the warm and fuzzies just thinking about it. Warm, yeah, a lot of, a lot of warm and fuzzies. 
Um, all right, I'll, I'll give you one. You ready for one? Yeah, let's, let's do uh, it. I think we got, we got a couple more here. Um, we'll, we'll go to the tight end position. We got TJ Hawkinson, Mike Isecki. TJ Hawkinson going in the fifth round, Mike Isecki going in the 13th round. I mean, monster gap there. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson, much better prospect, more more sure of a thing in, in terms of NFL, you know, NFL career as a tight end. Like, I think TJ Hawkinson is is going to be around for a while. Mike Gusecki, I think the jury's still a little bit out on him as a as a talent. Um, but the number is very similar. 67 for 723 yards and six touchdowns for Hawkinson. 53 for 703 yards and six touchdowns for Gusecki. So same amount of touchdowns. Only 20 more receiving yards for Hawkinson. Um, only 14 more total catches. And we're talking about, you know, an eighth eight round disparity at the tight end position. When, when you when you're looking for, you know, better bargains at that position, you don't want to overdraft TJ Hawkinson. If you play the weight, the waiting game at tight ends and you wait till the end, Mike Gusecki gives you a lot of production. Um, and as evidence, those numbers that the production is very similar to Hawkinson. Detroit's offense should be worse. So I, I don't know how much better Hawkinson's going to be this year. Gusecki's in Miami. I I don't love Miami's offense, nor will I probably have many shares of many, many pieces of that offense, but I could totally see myself owning Gusecki. I think he's the one player in Miami's offense that I could see myself having multiple shares of because he's a young tight end. I think last year was his, uh, I think it was his second season, right? I think it was the same. Let me pull this up. I think he was the same draft class as uh, as TJ Hawkinson. Hmm. Well, while, if you, I am, while you pull that up, um, I like this comp a lot because, one, I want to stay away from T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I wouldn't say he's dead-to-me territory, but I think he's pretty close. Gusecki's not someone that I love because I don't like the Miami offense, and we saw kind of like a preview glimpse of Gusecki uh, with Tua, which wasn't great. I mean, I get it. I get those similarities, but the fact that one's going in the— what are these rounds again? Like six and thirteenth or something? Five and thirteen, yeah. Five, five for. Uh, it sounds August. a little crazy when I'm like literally looking at these numbers and both have six touchdowns over seven hundred yards, and they're just you know a, a yeah. dozen receptions it, off. Now, could could I get burnt? Could we get burned by like Jared Goff not being able to throw the ball and just complete dump off territory to tight end? Possibly, eh, but I don't know. There's, there's no way I'm making that fire bet. I mean, that, that's like placing down the fire bet on the roulette table, um, the craps table, and, and expecting that to hit. I mean, I'm not putting any bets on any Detroit Lions. We'll all sleep better at night if we don't. So I think this yeah. is a, a perfect example of don't pay for someone who is essentially going to most likely, in most scenarios, have a similar outcome. Yep. Yeah, I like this one a lot. And I like it because it, it ties right in with, with our, our tight end strategy of, you know, you have Waller, you have Kelsey, and then you have, like, everybody else, and, and you're waiting. And this is one of the tight ends you can grab. You know, uh, Logan Thomas has another tight end, which is similar. I think he's going in the sixth round. Um, so he's so he's going or seventh. So he's going. Yeah, he is my boy. He's going a lot earlier than Mike Gusecki. So Mike Gusecki could be same play different round for a lot of these tight ends. And he's going in the thirteenth round. Um, Adam Shaheen is behind him in the depth chart. It's not like they drafted a tight end that's really going to threaten his his um, you know his his role in the offense. So I like it. Um, all right, give us one. All right. So here's my last one, and I know you have one more. Um, gonna be. Banging the drum again here for Tyler Boyd. I got Brandon Ayuk versus Tyler Boyd. Uh, Ayuk had a solid 
you know, kind of season for the amount of games he played. How many games did he miss? Looks like one, two, th- three. One, two, three, four. Looking at the game log here. Had 60 catches, missed four games. But, you know, that offense, that team, until they really kind of produce a, a, a wide receiver of note, this is a, a little bit too much excitement where I can get clearly the same production of Tyler Boyd like we've discussed. Brandon Ayuk going in the sixth round. Tyler Boyd going in the ninth uh, ninth round. I mean, they, they both could start off the year as like the number one wide receiver on their team. And, but they're going in different spots. I like the passing offense in Cincinnati, as I discussed, um, both players, if they played a full season, will end of the year last year with 80 catches, slightly more for Boyd, uh, Boyd, um, and both likely have trouble getting more than six to seven touchdowns. Those are my notes. I, I think they're pretty similar players. Yeah, I, I like it, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I I just think, man, I, I'm I'm not a huge Ayuk. I don't really know what to think of Ayuk, to be honest. Like, I, I I look at I know I like Boyd. I'll probably have multiple shares of Boyd because he's going in the ninth round. I mean, it's just it just the value is too good. Ayuk, um, no games over sixteen points, which is something you'd kind of expect out of a San Fran wide receiver who's not going to end up with either multiple touchdown games. Or, you know, super high volume in any game. I mean, he had a couple games where, <laughs> I mean, is this, he had a t- 10 catches for 119 yards. R- really impressive. Uh, oh, that's standard. Sorry. Oh, my B. Oh, again, get it together oh, over there. Oh, boy. Here we go. My B. All right. No, he had some 20 point games. I'll take that back. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, so, so, so does Tyler Boyd, though. I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. And- and so, so Ayuk's a little younger. He's entering his second season, but he's on a, a run-heavy team. You know, there's just a little bit less margin for error for him. And they got Debo Samuel, George Kittle. He's, he, I, I like it. I like it. I, I, I know I probably won't have any shares of Ayuk, and I'll have multiple shares of, of Boyd. Um, all right, I, I got one. I, this isn't my isn't my favorite one, but I I do. I I think you could probably nitpick this one and say that there's that you know. They're not yeah, exactly we, we were the same we were we were really trying to squeeze one of these people in, and I think it's appropriate. But there's there's some there's some kinks in the armor. So so I got Miles Sanders and, and Ronald Jones. Um, now Miles Sanders, let me let me just pull it up here. Miles Sanders is going in the um, the fourth round, beginning of the fourth round, and you have Ronald Jones um, going. I believe. Let me look at the. The updated one here. I think he's going end of the seventh, early eighth. Let me just confirm that here. Yep, seven point oh nine. So he's going more than three rounds. He's actually the younger running back. So he's been in the league one more year than Miles Sanders. He's actually uh, a few months younger. They're both twenty four. Um, Ronald Jones is, is technically number one in the depth chart for Tampa Bay. I, I think both Tampa Bay and Philadelphia are both going to spread the ball around. I don't think that either Ronald Jones. Or Miles Sanders is going to be a workhorse. Miles Sanders d- definitely has more upside. He hasn't lived up to his potential in the first two years of his. He's actually been pretty disappointing, similar to to Joe Mixon to an extent. Um, we saw some promise in his first ro- his rookie season with 50 catches, and then he did miss a few games last year, uh, but only 28 catches. So he just didn't really do a ton of really anything. Like there wasn't a lot of explosiveness. Um, if he puts it all together, he can absolutely reach a level that I, 
Ronald Jones, I just don't think is going to reach in Tampa's offense. But when you look at their floor and what they what they've been producing, Ronald Jones in 978 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. Um, Miles Sanders last year, 867 yards, six touchdowns. Granted, he missed a few games. His rookie season, though, 818 yards, three touchdowns. Bottom line, you can get Ronald Jones several rounds later. They're both young, and I think Ronald Jones in that offense, the touchdowns are going to be there for Ronald Jones just by nature of having Tom Brady and, and him being part of that offense. He's going to be in the 7-10 to 10 touchdown range just in his sleep. Um, Miles Sanders, that that offense is pretty shaky. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be able to have the amount of touchdowns that Ronald Jones is, is capable of having. Um, but the big the big difference is, you know, they have Fournette. They had Gio as Bernard as their third string running back in Tampa. I think the area where Miles Sanders has Ronald Jones is is in the pass catching department potentially. But in general, more almost four full round difference. Um, you know, I, Ronald Jones. I'm 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 gonna have I'm gonna have me some shares of Ronald Jones, boy. Yeah, and this goes to a lot. I feel like again, I always like to point out how certain teams use certain types of players, right? And we, we always talk about certain. Um, everyone knows about the Kyle Shanahan and the running and all that kind of stuff. Well, we also know that Philly likes to use different running backs. I mean, Sanders definitely got more of the percentage of touches last year. We. We know that obviously Ronald Jones is definitely going to get a more closer to split workload. Um, You would like Sanders to catch more passes than he actually does. I mean, he'll catch a little bit more than Ronald Jones, but you know, Ronald Jones like caught caught, what like twenty eight last year, and he missed quite a few handful of games. So they're actually going to be pretty closer than you think in terms of the catches. They're going to both be platooning in and out um, in terms of the backfield. Philly does what Philly does. I'm looking at their depth chart. I mean, is Jordan Howard still there slash back? I don't know what's going on there. Boston Scott always Boston Scott always gets unnecessary touches. Um, you know, they, they draft a rookie running back. It's just clear and evident of how what they're how they handle running backs. So it's really tough to to love Sanders. And while it doesn't look like they're like the same comp, I, I really do think that they're closer than maybe most people would think. Yeah. I, and I love Ronald Jones. I love Leonard Fournette. I like that range of running backs just, just because similar to like the JD McKissick thing, it's you're not expecting something. You, you don't have outrageous expectations for Ronald Jones. You're drafting him knowing he is what he is. He's going to be a part of a good offense. So you really don't have to worry about him week in to week out. He's going to get, you know, whatever, 40% of touches to 60% of the, of the carries, depending on the week. He's going to get goal line carries for the most part. Um, he just he he fits he he serves his his purpose. He kind of fits like like that the the role that you you planned him fitting when you you drafted him. So Miles Sanders is up to this point has been disappointing every single year. And beginning of the fourth round, I mean he's still pretty pricey. He's gonna have to have a better season than he had last year for, for fantasy owners to be to be happy with the draft capital yeah, that's and spent again. Again, like we just keep hoping that Sanders is something that he hasn't proven yet. So let's just let him prove it first. The same thing happened last year when he went, you know, really early in the second round, back end of the first. He was, you know, really high. And so it feels like this is a, you could say that he's going for a lot cheaper than he went last year. But I mean, he's still probably a little too expensive. 
And and these players like Ronald Jones, I mean, this we've mentioned a couple of them now, uh, you know, in, in including J.D. McKissick. You don't want to have probably more than one of these guys on there, but but having one on your team is probably going to be really smart. I mean, we all hate dealing with running backs. They get injured. They miss certain games. They who they're just, they're, it's a disaster dealing with this position. So stick one of these guys on your team. You're going to feel happy that you did, you know, in week four or five, that you can slide him in and feel comfortable you don't get a zero bomb or you got to overpay for this guy on waivers. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, that's the same player, different round. I think we got some really cool, unique ideas in terms of how to potentially um, pivot if you wanted to pivot. I mean, I'm still drafting Cooper Cup, right? So um, it, this doesn't mean that you can't draft this other person if you're really into them. Um, but what this is also saying is, hey, maybe you should also consider this person because they're going much later. So if you like Brandon Ayuk that much where you're going to draft him, you might also want to consider adding in Tyler Boyd. I mean, why not get two Cooper Cups? Why not get two Brandon Ayuk's? I mean, I would I would personally stay away from Brandon Ayuk, but um, but you get the drift. So, uh, same player, different round, Seth. Exciting stuff. We still have a few more episodes that we're putting everything together here. We've really accomplished a lot. Next is the bench strategy. So we talked a lot about pretty much rounds one through ten. We're going to talk about bench strategy. We still have our path system coming up. We're we're going to be doing about talk about auction drafts. I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> uh, our our actual uh, draft grid uh, mock draft Whew. i hope everyone's ready because we got a lot more to deliver this is the buckle, NFL up. Talk- <laughs> buckle up uh this is uh the fantasy draft special presented by rt sports and we're the nfl talking heads thanks for listening thanks so much for listening to this episode of the nfl talking heads fantasy football podcast show try saying that three times fast with your hosts jeff carrier and seth lull we'll catch you next time Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.